What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Eddie, with Flex Machine Tools, and welcome to this live segment of Flex and Friends, our video cast and podcast experience where I get to sit down, chat with, hang out with, and pick the brain of the industry's loudest, proudest, best, brightest, most passionate, and profound thought leaders, and we are talking everything, you guessed it, manufacturing. So today, hey, I got backstage none other than the lady, the myth, and the legend, Ashley Walters from Onyx. And I know you didn't come here to listen to me chat, so let's bring this legend on in. All right, Ashley, you are officially in the Flex and Friends live platform. Welcome to the show. First and foremost, how's Ashley doing today? I'm doing great, and I'm so excited to be here with you, Eddie. Oh yeah, no. Now it's a party that you're here, so it, yeah. it's it's seriously it's so cool. You and I have uh, really interacted on a variety of different occasions, and I've learned so much from you just in our short amount of time together. So let's dive in today because there are some things about you that we need to know. So let's let's really just jump right in. We need to get to know you. So for those who live under a rock and are as familiar, <laughs> who is Ashley personally and professionally? Fill us in. Yeah, so I am a small town girl from a small town in Tennessee, uh, born and raised in the South in a multi-generational manufacturing family. So those roots run pretty deep for me. Um, today, my husband and I lead an industrial furnace company in Erie, Pennsylvania. So I went from the land of no snow to the land of a lot of snow. Um, <laughs> there's that. There's that for sure. There's that. The girl had to learn how to drive in the snow. Um, <laughs> there you go. My condolences. Sorry. Yeah, so, yeah it, it was a little bit of a rough patch there for a moment, but hey, we got it. Um, I'm the mom of two awesome boys who also love manufacturing, and I'm excited that they know what that word even means, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I is, I'm a self-proclaimed lifelong learner. Man, a little bit of everything, especially the mom situation. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're actually, you've brought your boys more than one occasion to yeah. other manufacturing facilities and like give them tours and guide them through that. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. They got their first steel mill tour in uh, 2020 and uh, it was awesome. You know, you take them in there and you think you've done a good job explaining what we do, but they just, there's nothing like the sights and sounds of a manufacturing facility. And so my youngest pulled on my pant leg halfway through the tour and he said, mom, I'm just I'm nervous. He goes, why am I nervous? And I said, because it's loud and stills flying by you on a conveyor belt and being slit into three pieces and turned into farm uh, posts and mm -hmm. highway signs. And it used to be railroad. Mm -hmm. And just in the matter of seconds, this is all happening. And they just, that as we drove home that day, they were like, thank you for showing us that. But it was the same for me. The reason I got started in manufacturing was I went to tour dad's paper mill and you go down the silent like office hallway and all of a sudden you go through the double swinging doors and you see paper just flying across reels. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. experience and exposure, Eddie. I know yeah, you like no, it's crazy. I, my dad worked at a plastics factory my entire life and I worked myself there, you know, when I needed to fill in and I love being able to go and just get kind of that hands on feel. And it really gave me the appreciation for not only the things that are being produced there, but all around. So kudos to you for bringing your boy, showing him the light side or some would say the dark side. I'll let you be the judge. But with that, speaking of light side, you're a passionate individual and that's a lot coming from an individual like myself. So what is Ashley truly passionate about? Yeah, so organizational culture is what I'm really passionate about. 
and specifically in the manufacturing arena. Um, and it all goes back to the best advice I think I've ever received. And that was from my dad who worked in that paper mill. And he had a management team who didn't listen to what the people who were actually doing the work said. And so when I got my engineering degree, he said to me, that's great, but you don't know anything. He said, go to the plant floor, to the people who are closest to the work on the problem that you're trying to solve, and they already have the solution. Just ask them. Wow. How profound, Papa Bear. How <laughs> profound. And man, so with that, we'll, let's dive kind of if there's anything else specific you're passionate about, but you're not going to sit there and hit me with that bomb and we not just stop and be like, <laughs> no. whoa, what just happened? No. Um, so total deep dive on that one. I mean, I ended up running a turnaround for my father-in-law's company, which is Onyx, uh, okay. that my, my husband and I went on to purchase and have since turned into being 100% employee-owned. But I guess let's deep dive on the turnaround. So I was a stay at home mom. I had two kids. Our first son was born six weeks early. So while I thought I was going back to work, you, if anybody has kids out there, they change your life and sometimes very literally, right? Yeah. So overnight, I became a stay at home mom because he couldn't be in a daycare situation. And uh, then our second one came pretty close behind. And so I was staying at home. And my father in law called one day and he said the CFO of the company had resigned. And he needed me to just like generally lead and take a look at the financials in mm -hmm. Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. And the company's headquartered in Erie, Pennsylvania. And while I could have said no, right, now is not right. the right time. I've got a two-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, I didn't. I, you know, kind of went back to those those roots, that those gritty roots in manufacturing and, mm -hmm. and said yes. And the reason I said yes is because even though I didn't know how I was going to turn this company around, remember, I have an engineering degree. I do not have a business management degree. Right. Um, I just knew that there were 50 families that were depending upon me to get this right. It wasn't just our family that needed this to be turned around. It was the 50 families that worked for us. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, wow. I used dad's advice. That was how I helped turn the company around. I just went to the people closest to the work and asked what takes up most of your time? What frustrates you? And then I help them remove, you know, obstacles and and find the resources they needed. And we just all work together as a team. I love it. Teamwork making that dream work. Yeah. Hey, and speaking of teamwork, hey, for all of us to make this an amazing conversation, <laughs> I know obviously Ashley and I are going to rock it. But for those of you who are checking us out live on Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube, leave a comment, question. You never know. We may be able to pull it up live, even if it's just a good thumbs up. Hop in that yeah. chat box. We'd love to hear from you. But as we continue our conversation here, Ashley, you gave us a little bit of your kind of preface into manufacturing. Is there any other cool parts about your journey into manufacturing outside of, you know, obviously being inspired heavily by your dad being jumping and you're jumping into that specific role, which kudos, by the way, you're a stinking trooper, but anything else that you'd like to potentially share about your journey into this world? Yeah. So I think one of the things that, you know, I've been in business for 20 years now, my career, 20 mm -hmm. years now, but 20 years ago, um, little girls who were good at math and science, we were teachers or we were nurses, right? Or at least that's what our head said. And okay. so my parents, like kudos to my parents again, because they said, yep, you're not going to be a teacher because you're not patient with those who don't want to learn. <laughs> they called you out, Ashley. Do you see, I come from some tough love. Like <laughs> <you gotta laughs> Some have, love nonetheless, but some tough love indeed. You got to have some thick skin in my family. You turned out all right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> 
So, but good for them though, like knowing, right. And, and I try to do that with my kids too, is just like help them pursue their own passion. So if parents out there, you know, maybe don't have in your mind what you want your kids to do, but really kind of listen to what they want to do or help lead the way. Because I didn't know what an engineer was. There wasn't an engineer in our family. So how would I have ever known that engineering might be a thing that I could pursue being good in math and science? So Mm -hmm. also any of those guidance counselors out there really help guide these kids. They don't know unless they've been exposed to a career, they likely don't know that it exists. Mm -hmm. So I went to Auburn Uh, It just felt like home for me. They have a creed that says, I believe in work, hard work. And I do. I believe in work and I believe in hard work. And so that just felt like home. I got my chemical engineering degree. My focus was in pulp and paper. And then I went to work in the nuclear power industry. (laughs) So and now I'm in forge and heat tree. So you just never know where life's going to take you, right? Truly, truly. Well, you're clearly doing some good things. And just in case, not that you need validation, my girl Emily hops on in. She says, Ashley and her company are amazing. Love to see all that passion from both of you. So, hey, thank you so mm-hmm. much, Emily. We really appreciate you jumping in there. Second your motion about Ashley here. I'm just supporting the awesomeness. But, no, hey, thank you. And anybody else, hop in that chat section. We will pull it up. We'll, we'll, we'll get, it, uh, get it going, rocking and rolling. So we appreciate that for sure. And as we keep the conversation going, you've mentioned now you're at the helm leading your company, Onyx. Could you give us just a, a quick dive as to kind of what it is that Onyx is doing for manufacturing? Yeah. So shout out to Emily because she just rebuilt our website. So you have to check it out. It's um, onyxinc.com. And she came up with branding for us, Reigniting American Manufacturing. Yeah. Emily hit me in my feels. Yeah, pretty sparky, huh? (laughs) Uh, Something like that. No, I like that. That's really cool. So shout out to Emily. Thank you so much. And kudos, kudos. That's good stuff. Yeah, so a lot of what we're hearing in the news is reshoring, right? And uh, we're busier than ever as manufacturers. You all are using that equipment. We're needing to maintain that equipment. Uh, So what Onyx does is we maintain and build industrial furnaces. A lot of our furnaces are in the forge and heat treat industry for steel, um, but we do also have furnaces in aluminum as well. Um, And we build or we manufacture precast shapes here in our facility in Erie. So if you think about mixing concrete and water and pouring it a form, that's what we're doing, but for high temperature. So a lot of your tundish furniture that's going into automotive steel. So we're touching all sorts of different industries. Yeah, it seems like it seems like, and man, this love, it just keeps flowing in, Ashley. The the comment section's hot because looks like our man, Dan says, Ashley's vision and switch to employee ownership is so incredible not incredible it's so incredible and then emily she just she's got some more to say she's just bringing out the heart of your company yes yes the love and the synergy here is real and i'm about it thank you so much daniel thank you so much emily for jumping in the chat box you are what make this show fun and then so with that thanks for kind of diving into what onyx is doing for manufacturing you're 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 really doing so much and really going relatively wide and one big thing though if we take a a, a slight shift here that you had hit me with along with the other just value bombs you've thrown my way is the freedom to fail and i'm like whoa we're talking about this so before i spoil it I'm going to pass the mic to you. What do we need to know? 
All right, so let's start with when I'm talking about industrial furnaces, I don't want them to fail. Okay, so let's just make that real clear. Okay. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> what we're talking about is going back to dad's advice, right? And he said, go to those people that are closest to the problem and they'll help you find the solution. But here's the problem. These personnel and manufacturing have lived in a command and control environment for so long since the industrial revolution command and control has really been kind of the major management style in manufacturing sure and once you've been commanded and controlled for so long do you think for yourself anymore not well not really potentially, yeah. right because you're just waiting for the next step you're waiting to be told so what we did was we started teaching problem solving and so when you're teaching problem solving, think about it. You have a problem. You know you want to get somewhere else, right? A different condition. But you have to experiment to get there. And how many of your experiments work out? Not many, right? So that's where that freedom to fail comes in. As a leadership team, you have to know if you're asking your people to continuously improve and go solve those problems, they're going to do experiments. And those experiments aren't going to be successful like they thought they were going to be. But they're going to learn from each and every one of those failures and they're going to improve on it. And it's those incremental improvements that are going to get you to that spot that you wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it is. It's that freedom to fail, that empowerment that you're giving that it becomes engaged employees because now it gets exciting. Like as you're trying to solve a problem, you're setting a goal for yourself, right? As you're getting steps on down that road, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. And you have that energy and fuel behind you. So freedom to fail is just all about the leadership's ability to say, it's okay, we understand. Now, what I don't want to see is I don't want to see people making the same mistake twice, right? So if we yeah. if we've truly screwed up, for instance, our pallet manufacturer sent us in a compromised pallet. It wasn't to specification. We shipped parts out on it because we didn't catch it. So those parts slid in transit. Okay, now that is a mistake. What did we do to fix that mistake? We don't want that to ever happen again, right? Mm -hmm. So we've gone through the pallet inventory. We've pulled all the ones that were out of spec. They've gone back to the pallet maker to be remade. But now we know we have to do a more diligent job inspecting those pallets, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the mistakes we don't want to see. Sure, truly, I mean, which, which makes sense. So, I mean, just all these simplistic ideas that you're bringing that are just that are relatively profound, and it's and it's just so helpful and, and synergistic how everything's working. And we've barely even touched the surface of all the things we're going to cover, but we got to cover this because Ashley, you got more love in the queue. What do we have here? Ashley has a passion in manufacturing, and I have read her book. It is an amazing book, though I'm from Tanzania, but the book revives one's passion in manufacturing and organization excellence from the shop floor level. Oh, my gosh, are you flattered? Because Thank that's, you. That's, that's awesome. awesome. I got chill bumps, Eddie. <laughs> from Tanzania. My goodness, things are happening, and it's, it's really wonderful. And Taylor Smith, we're just going to keep him rolling here. Ashley's passion for American manufacturing is inspiring. I am so grateful she helped me begin my manufacturing journey. Yeah. My goodness. And Emily, we're just going to keep this rolling, Ashley. We've got good stuff yeah. to say. We're going to pull up. Such a vital message. I had a marketing intern who had only worked in the job shops before, and he had such a massive fear of upsetting me that it was keeping him from doing the work. I had to keep telling him over and over to just do his yeah. best. That, Emily, sounds like empathy. Yeah. <laughs> I like, what I, I like. would call grace. 
Yes, yes. Which more <laughs> on that here soon. Okay. So with that, I got to bring my heart rate down because this is getting saucy. But with that being said, um, another thing that you really preach a lot about and really seem to know a lot about as well, rightfully so, is like an organization's culture within manufacturing. You seem to be doing something correctly. So again, Mike Pass, what do we need to know? Yeah, so where Onyx lost its way, we were always a family-owned company. And when my father-in-law went to retire, he put a leader in place whom he felt very confident in, right? The problem was the leader was a very command and control style leader. And so we got away from our very like people-centric, human-centric values as a company when we moved that that command and control style. Wow. And so what we found was everybody was siloed and nobody was talking to each other. And while you would think it would be really efficient to tell people what to do and then just go do it, it actually isn't efficient because they're not empowered and they're not engaged and you have hidden costs. And so all I did was just empower people to be a part of the solution and to have fun doing it. Be a part of the solution. Solid step one. Have fun doing it. Yep. Great suggestion on top of that. That's icing on the cake as far as I'm concerned, right? Yeah. No, this, this, is, a, this is great as we just continue to keep going. And it's awesome to be able to, to know that you were just assigned this, this daunting task of, of a company turnaround and had more than just a culture to fix, but you were able to recognize that. And it seems like you have quite the skill of recognizing bottlenecks either before they happen or before they become a true issue. And I keep tying it back to old dad's advice, man. Go <laughs> to the shop floor, right? Yeah. That's good. Daddy was on to something. And then so another thing that, that you're really big into that, that really you have told me drives a lot of who you are and what you do is just goal setting, goal setting. So there's so many places we can go from there. I'm going to let you guide us. Tell us about what we need to know. All right. So let me tell you what didn't work for us. So when we were in the middle of the turnaround, um, our board of directors got us to start performance reviews, annual performance reviews, and they've been really lack blacks in the organization prior to that. But what happened was they had us write goals and cascade those goals through the organization. So for instance, I had five goals and think of projects, not daily tasks, five projects I was supposed to complete in the year. And my five projects had five baby goals. And then I had to cascade all of that through the organization, which sounds all fine and good, right? We needed to do all those things. The problem was, I don't know about your day, but my day is about 90% task oriented, right? I have stuff I have to do. Right? Yep. <laughs> and so when you give me 25 projects, I can't possibly do them all well. And so we created a lot of chaos and a lot of frustration in the organization with that method. And so in 2018, when Drew and I purchased the business from his dad, I just said, this is not working. Like a gut check, right? Why are we doing this? I actually calculated the cost to the organization to do performance reviews for us to write them, for us to have people do their self reviews, for us to meet as a leadership team with our personnel and all like, and it would, didn't even include that underlying like angst that you have as you wait to see your performance review or as you wait to meet with your manager, right? Didn't calculate, calculate any of the unutilized or underutilized time. And it was an astronomical cost to the organization. I thought, this is ridiculous. Like, and it's a rear view look. We're not, what can I do to change 2020 or 2021 at the end of the year? Nothing right. at all, right? right? So I said, there's got to be a better way. 
So what I did was I read the four disciplines of execution and the authors talk about a wildly important goal or a wig. And I thought that makes sense to me. So we only have one wildly important goal every year. Now that's not to say that we aren't doing other things beside our tasks, but if we can only do one thing, if we have to choose, if we have to focus, it's gonna be something that's in support of that wildly important goal. And so what I do is I meet with our leadership team and we choose what's the one thing, if we could do this this year, if we could accomplish this, it would make so much difference in our business. Mm-hmm. And so for this year, it's customer experience. Um, in 2018, it was revenue growth. In 2019, it was debt reduction. In 2020, it was succession planning. And in 2021, it was earnings per share because we'd just become an ESOP. Okay. So this year with, exp- with the customer experience, my thought was if we are performing well internally, if we are servicing our internal customers well and everyone's happy, then our personnel will service our external companies customers and they'll be happier. So to start out and to have a benchmark, we did a cultural assessment here at Onyx and we got phenomenal results on pride and loyalty. Every single person was a seven out of 10 or higher. And the consultant said she'd never seen that before. Now there's plenty of areas for improvement, but Let's just take a pause and say, yay, right? Yeah, right. Big deal. Pride in their work and they're loyal to the company. What wow. What else would you want as a business? Yeah, those are, those are solid. People fight for that, especially in environments like this where you and I have even discussed that, you know, uh, quality labor isn't just walking in your door. <laughs> so when what you have in your door is quality, they're proud of what they do and they're loyal. Um, that's ev- everybody wins, like from top to bottom, everybody wins, right? And I'm sure yeah. that's why you're experiencing what you're experiencing in your world. Yeah. And they're finding their work fulfilling. Like, doesn't everybody want to go to work and know that they're making a difference in the world? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you now have an actual assessment that reveals that, you know, because I feel like a lot of employers, they kind of get away with themselves by just assuming it, you know, but when rubber meets the road, you know, you really learn a lot. And you said, oh, I'm not going to learn. We're going to go directly to them again. Back to dad's advice. That's just, it's it's profound. It's it's seriously standing the test of time. And I agree with it. And it's, it's very cool how you took those larger goals, if you will, and then kind of break breaking them down in some more granular levels, but still there, there being a lot of synergy there. So very cool. And then the one thing I just find is really super, well, one of many things is you've mentioned this whole command and control situation. And if you could kind of just walk us through in a way how you went from that, you, you touched on it earlier, but you went from that command and control to we're more employee owned now, because that does not happen overnight. And it doesn't happen without a whole team on board. Please share what you're willing to. Okay. So we've talked about how we went from command and control to what I would call a culture of continuous improvement. So now I have a lot of awesome problem solvers in the organization. Mm -hmm. So in 2019, I was asked to sit on a panel because Drew and I just purchased the business. They wanted me to come and sit as a second generation owner. And the keynote for that day was Kevin McPhillips from the Pennsylvania Center of Employee Ownership. And he started talking about employee ownership and how amazing it is. And 
Employee owners in employee owned companies, you'll find a lot of those human centric, people centric values. So there was just a study released that talked about how ESOP companies did not let go of personnel during the pandemic. It's one of the last things they'll do. They keep people on. And even if it means the company takes a hit to the profit, they find something to do as a company to improve in, in a time of crisis. Right. Mm-hmm. But those personnel remain. And so when I heard this, I went to Kevin and I said, hey, you know, we just purchased the company. I want to understand, like, what would Onyx have to look like for this model to work for us? And we talked, you know, about it. He goes, I think you're right there. He says, I think you're on the edge of it, but have a high level feasibility study done. So we closed out 2019. We had that feasibility study done right at the beginning of 2020 and we got the green light. It's a go. And so I had Kevin McPhillips come up and present to our leadership team because we're a pretty small organization with 56 people, right? Like when mm-hmm. rumors start flying, they circle pretty fast. And so yep. I, wanted our, <laughs> yeah, I wanted our leadership team to know like what was going on should the rumors start flying that we were selling the business. Mm-hmm. And so Kevin came in and he explained to the leadership team what it like, what is an ESOP and how does it work and all the great things about it. And that was March 9th. And if you'll remember, March 13th was the day our world shut down in 2020. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so one of my leaders came to me and he said, so I guess this means we're not going to be an ESOP anymore. And I said, well, no, it made good business sense in February and it still makes good business sense today. So we're going to forge ahead. So Mr. Dan Zugel, who had said um, employee ownership in the comments earlier, he was our advisor through this process. And I will tell you, it takes a team of people uh, to turn a company into an employee owned company, but it is well worth it. And so our goal was to close on the company on June 30th. But in the midst of a pandemic, we had to move it out to July 15th Mm -hmm. um, and 15 days late on on a major goal like that in the middle of a pandemic, I think is pretty dang good. Oh, yeah, that you just committed an understatement, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that is incredible. And and again, speaking of just pretty dang good, we've got another individual popping in. Gotta share some love. More meaningful work. I'd add the claps in there because it's real. Love this. Yeah. Ashley Walters is what is it? Is women in manufacturing goals. Yes, awesome. Pretty yeah. sure that's Ann Wyatt. So assuming that's you there, LinkedIn user, appreciate you so much and just always sharing that love. But but the, the, what a wonderful and I'm sure extensive journey and in yeah. the middle of one of the challenge, most challenging times to do so. Um, I, I'm convinced you're superwoman. Do you, where is your cape? Do you hide it underneath your shirt? I need to know. I am just a normal human being just trying to make a difference in the world. Oh, okay. Okay. Hopefully. Okay. Oh, yeah. For now. No, that, no, it is wonderful. And, and speaking of good things, as we kind of start um, uh, winding down the conversation here, um, uh, you talk with a lot of people in the industry, not only within you know, your own world, but just you're connected to so many people, especially with the work that you're doing. So could you just kind of let us know some really good trends that you're specifically seeing that are either super relevant and obvious, or maybe some unsung heroes that we should be paying attention to? What do you think, Ashley? Yeah, so I think that there's always like a bright spot, even in the midst of a crisis. And so I think the one thing that COVID did for manufacturing is taught us that we can be flexible Mm -hmm. and that we can have compassion for our people and that we can work remotely if we need to, since there's a war on talent, right? So I Mm -hmm. think all three of those things were 
uh, areas that manufacturers were not good in uh, as a as a big lot. And I know there's manufacturers out there that are doing great great things and they've always been flexible and compassionate and remote work, but there were some of us that weren't, right? And sure. now our eyes have been open to how we can do things a little bit differently. And we got forced to use technology that we needed to adopt, but we might not have, we've been slower to adopt if we hadn't have been forced, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. And it's, and it's kind of crazy to think about, you know, the, uh, the amount of video meetings and anybody watching this, hearing this, whatever, think about the amount of video meetings that you now have that would have seemed almost like an inconvenience or unorthodox three, four years ago. Yeah. You know, it would have been like, wow, with video meetings, why are people, but now it is the primary way. Cause you don't have to fly anywhere. Like it's, I, I love that we were forced to use this technology uh, cause it was just a faster adoption of it. And there's clear benefits to it. And, and, and I'm glad that, that you as, as a leader in not only your sector, but just, you know, this industry, you're being able to see that in that scale, which is awesome. And so with you, you're obviously putting a lot of content out there, doing a lot of really cool things. So for anybody again, who doesn't, uh, you know, who lives under a rock, if you will, and yeah. doesn't know about you, doesn't know where to find you, where can we keep up with yourself, with Onyx and all the wonderful things that you are doing? Okay. First, you have to check out Emily's amazing website. So onyxinc.com. Uh, if you're looking specifically for resources that are more towards leadership or manufacturing in the classroom or getting those kids out um, and exposed to, to manufacturing, go to the resources tab. And then um, you can find me monthly uh, as a contributor for Industry Week. So check out Industry Week. And then um, I would love for you guys to read my book if it makes sense for you. If you're looking for a different way to do something in manufacturing, Leading with Grit and Grace might just be where you find it. There you go. And hit us with that title one more time so we know dang well what it is. It's Leading with Grit and Grace. Yes. Go find it. Now, um, where, where exactly can we find that book? Just for uh, It's on Amazon. And when you click print or buy now, it prints specifically for you. So check out the last page and find out what city it printed in. They've been printed all over the country. It's pretty cool from a manufacturing standpoint, I, if I must say. You just, you, we've had so many conversations, but you just never cease to amaze me. Just these little small, subtle things like, oh yeah, this, I'm a gangster here. Oh, just in case you didn't notice I'm here. Oh, back here. I'm just a gangster as well. No, <laughs> just wonderful stuff. And then also Emily, she says, Hey, what will look here? Great article this month, by the way, we all need mental breaks agreed. And then so with that, uh, Ashley, it's, it's been a wonderful conversation. You clearly have yourself um, a little bit of, of, of a fan club, a little bit being an understatement as well. So, and it, it is rightfully, rightfully so that you do have a fan club. So it, it's wonderful. This conversation has been great. Thank you for also not only sharing your time, but all the other amazing things that you're doing and where we can keep in touch. So uh, they big shout out to everybody else. Let's look. Oh, Alyssa can't leave Alyssa out. What does she have to say to us? The new Onyx website is amazing. It displays so many great uh, aspects of the company as a whole. Man, if I just left this chat box open, people would just jump in it all day. So, But with that, I apologize. We do have to end the conversation. Hey, if you're looking for more Flex and Friends episodes, we go live every Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn. We're on YouTube and Facebook Live. Or check out our YouTube for all the episodes. Or if you like the podcast form, we are on, we're on Audible. We're on Amazon. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. So we appreciate each and every one of you for joining us on this episode of Flex and Friends. That you all stay awesome, and you stay flexing, and we will surely see you next time. <laughs>